Well, good morning, good day, good evening, wherever you are. Greetings from Auckland, New Zealand. This intro is coming to you from uh, from way down here. I just got off a plane flying. I didn't know you could do this, but uh, there's a flight Houston to Auckland, which obviously is over a lot of water. It's 15 hours total, uh, total uh, butt kicker, but uh, we made it. And uh, I've never been to Auckland. I've been to New Zealand a couple times, but uh, what a gorgeous city! Got my uh, got my bike here. I got my golf clubs. I'm gonna try to get out, see what's going on. Uh, excited to be here and uh, doing some other things on the science of business, business things. Uh, so if anybody is, uh, I don't know, do they listen to podcasts down in New Zealand? If they do, then uh, maybe I'll see you out on the roads. Like I say every week, any questions, suggestions, uh, criticism, whatever you got to say, send it uh, to the email, theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com, theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com, W-E-D-U sport.com. And obviously got the holidays coming up too, so uh, happy holidays in advance. I'm going to do a, uh, you know, put these out on Mondays. Monday is uh, kind of falls in and around Christmas, so I'll, I'll probably skip a guest then. I, I may do a, a small podcast, just uh, bore you guys with just me talking, um, and uh, and then get back into it after the start of the new year. Uh, but before I talk about my uh, my guest this week, which was, uh, you know, and in these things, you know, you can get people to come on and, you know, that, that you thought you'd never get to come on. You call them, you know, you call them a get, a big get. I viewed this week's guest as a, as a really big get, not somebody that uh, I would have thought would have wanted to come on the forward. Uh, but before I get into that, on a sad note, I, I just days ago, uh, and I followed the story I, like I think many, many of us have, especially us survivors and people in the cancer community. Uh, but a few days ago, um, Craig Sager passed away. And for those of you who don't know, Craig Sager was a, a basketball analyst for TNT. Uh, he was well-known and well-loved. Uh, he was well-known because of his, he was good at what he did, and he wore these crazy outfits, and he was well-loved. Um, because the players and the coaches just trusted him, they liked talking to him. Even the even the you know the prickliest ones of them all, like a you know Greg Popovich from the San Antonio Spurs, he loved Sager, and their interviews were classic. And you could see Sager coming from a mile away. He fought long and hard, uh, multiple transplants, multiple rounds of therapy, and uh, unfortunately. Um, for all of us, but especially his his closest friends and his family, uh, the, the world lost him. So my deepest condolences go out uh, to the Sager family and to the entire basketball community uh, at large, not just um, at the NBA, but at TNT and all of the places that got to really know Craig Sager. I had the I had the great fortune of meeting him a couple of times, and uh, uh, we're gonna miss him. So Craig, hope you're. Uh, Rest in peace, my friend. My guest this week is is got a my get is uh is is the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, and Rahm Emanuel is a is talk about prickly personalities. Um, is a tough dude, and uh, I, I knew that the conversation would be 
uh, would be tough. He's 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 a he's a hard worker. He's uh, he's been in politics seemingly his entire life. He comes from a crazy family, whereas his brother Ari Emanuel runs William Morris, arguably the most powerful man in Hollywood. His his other brother Zeke Emanuel is is a is a scientist at Harvard and ran the NIH at one point. Um, but Rahm has been you know just fully. Uh, fully into uh, the political scene for a long, long time. He was Bill Clinton's senior advisor. He then went on to serve a few terms in Congress. And then when Barack Obama was elected, he was his chief of staff for quite a few years and then went on to uh, 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 to run um, the city of Chicago and, 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 and be its mayor. So uh, really cool guy. Uh, I think he in this day and age when there's so much politics is such a hot subject. Um, you know, and again, I should say, because every time I have anybody politically related on here, uh, I get all kinds of shit. I get all kinds of emails. If, you know, when I had Wendy Davis on everybody and their, and their dog from the right was blowing me up. That's going to happen here with Rahm Emanuel. But just so you know, uh, Carl Rove's a friend of mine, and and uh, I'm going to have Carl Rove on the forward. So then I'm going to get the emails from the other side. So this is this is uh, the, the 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 aim here is to keep this thing as diverse and as wacky and hear all sides, let people talk about what they believe in. I try to I try to stay in the middle, although that's not always easy. Um, but uh, yeah, and just keep it totally keep it real. Um, anyhow. Hope you guys enjoy Rom. Hope you're uh, having a great holiday season. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Rombo, I'm here, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Can I call you Rom, or does it have to be Mr. Mayor? You can do whatever you want. Rombo, what about Rombo? How about Mayor Rombo? Mayor, <laughs> Mayor Rombo. Um, I have a question. Now, I want to. My first question that, that I want to ask is: You've had this this crazy career in politics, right? You worked closely with two presidents, as most Public people life, know. Yeah. And you were then you were in Congress, mm-hmm. and then you were in the private sector, made a good living. Why do you want to be the mayor of Chicago? Well, uh, it's a great America. Because I wouldn't. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't want to be okay well how about first of all let me tell you this yep i as you noted i've dedicated my public life my life a good portion of my professional life to public life mm-hmm. serving two presidents different functions senior advisor chief of staff congress i was in leadership uh this is the most rewarding work in public life and it's a great american city i happen to think it's the greatest city in the united states mm-hmm. i mean my joke is new york looks it identifies itself with Europe. LA looks to itself. Yep. And Chicago is the capital of the Midwest, which is the heartland of America. But it is a great city. The other thing, uh, as a mayor, um, Chicago's uh, mayors have uh, K through 12, which I'm now transforming to a pre K to college model, airports, all public transportation, all public libraries, parks, housing, transportation. It's. Um, safety uh, mm. of first responders, uh, all neighborhood services. And you can, it's the most intimate and immediate form of government, the way people live their lives. They don't see Washington affecting their lives, but 
where you put a playground, where you put a park, what that library has, where you build it. That's how people live their lives. And to me, that's unbelievably rewarding. And then on a personal note, you know, a uh, hundred years ago in 1917, so one, in about a hundred years. Next year, yeah, next year in, in, in a month. My, my grandfather left the pogroms of Eastern Europe, 13 years old. His parents put him on a boat, my great-grandparents, to get away. Uh, he was 13 years old. He comes to Chicago to meet a third cousin he never knew, no word of English. <laughs> and his gr grandson in two generations is the mayor of this city. Wow. And it's a great story about America. <laughs> And what it means as immigrants who come to give have a better life. Yep. And I love Chicago. I always, you know, when I wasn't in either serving in Congress or serving a president or in college, uh, I lived in the city. Yeah. And you mentioned all these things: education and, right. and first responders and and parks. But you yeah. and the Cubs. You got the Cubs. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, but the city does. And the uh, but yes. And it's a. It was a. I went to all the games. And it was a great. Uh, did you grow up a Cubs fan? I actually did. Grew up on the you North. You did. North You're not just side. saying that. No, you weren't a White Sox fan. I was not a White Sox fan. Wow. When I grew up on until uh, fourth grade when we moved to the Burbs, but uh, on Winona and Broadway on the North Side, and yeah. Burmore, so. It just it's fascinating to me that because it's it's a it's kind of a thankless job, right? You you know it. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, but all of yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah. but here's the thing that you should miss, I mean, and you're missing in that. I miss a lot of things. No, it, there's the lows are lows, and yes, uh, you know, maybe when you're six feet under somebody, or you know, I do these uh, commencement, not commencements, but when we accept the new class of what are called Chicago stars, that if you got to be average in high school, we are the only city to make community college free. And I have seen what you know, parents have literally hugged me and start crying mm. about what this has meant because they didn't know how they were going to send their kids to college, couldn't afford it. And this has finally, you know, without either taking a second job or a second mortgage, and you know something you thought of, right. developed, implemented, what it has done to their lives their, and their children, you know, their sons or daughters. We used to have a half, about a half of our kids, 40%, had a half-day kindergarten, the other had seven and a half. Mm. Now, if I looked at that map and showed it to you, the kids that were getting a half day should have been getting a full day based yep. on income, poverty, et cetera, yep. all the odds against them. Mm -hmm. And I've made a decision. We're going to, we whacked the central business office, put plowed all the resources back into universal full day for every child kindergarten. Yep. And I know what it's meant to single moms be able to have their child in a school for seven and a half hours versus four. So you can do things that make a difference that is worth all the struggles and sacrifice and getting your head banged around. And it's for people where I think, I wouldn't be here in front of you if it wasn't for two things, the love of my parents and a good education. Yep. And I know that as mayor, I can make a difference at least on one of those. So those moments where, where the mom or the family is in tears, that mm -hmm. that far out, what you're saying, that far outweighs the, the, the shitty article in the Sun-Times <laughs> or in the Tribune or, or in your case, the, the New York, all of it, you know, yeah, I mean, any, so I mean the I mayor, keep, you in particular, but any I keep mayor of Chicago I, is a national I, role. Yes. Well, I, there are notes I get from people mm. um, where they have said, thank you, yeah. and you keep those. Uh, my daughter gave me, although I knew the head quote, uh, the one by Teddy Roosevelt that he gave at uh, the Sorbonne in France in 1907 or 08, about to the credit goes to yeah, the person right, in right. the arena versus the critic who stays up, who gets the sweat, the dirt, the, you know, the, you know, the dirt in their eyes. 
um, uh, you hold on to these highs because they're far between. There are a lot of lows, and you take personal um, uh, hits. But you know, if you know in your um, your north star what you're doing is right. right. I'll give you the one anecdote. Um, we had a. Uh, I was pushing for. We had the shortest school day in the shortest school year in the United States, Chicago. <laughs> it was a five hour and forty five minute day. Kids were getting out of school like two thirty. Yeah, I should have gone to school there. No, you should not. So, we. I want to tell the whole story, but uh, anyway, I made a pledge in the campaign that we we're going to add time and we we're no longer going to be dead last on time for kids. Um, full Fast forward, I get the time. The teachers go on strike about adding that an hour and 15 minutes to every day and two weeks to every year. Child and now gets two and a half more years in the classroom than before. Hmm. Okay, largest increase in time anywhere in the United States ever. And the teachers union is what you're... Teacher, yeah, the teachers' union goes. They're outside my home, yelling, screaming, you know, protesting, and I'm about to walk out. In I think it's the second or third day of the strike, and my wife Amy says to me before I go out, she says, "You know, I've seen you through an impeachment process. <laughs> I've seen you through trying to get health care done. I've seen you through uh, what people said when we were doing welfare reform with President. I've never seen you calmer." And I said, I've never felt more right about what I'm doing. And if you hold on, if you believe what you're doing is the right thing, mm. you'll get through. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't tear you up inside. Uh, where you sometimes you like to say things you're not allowed to say. Mm. But that said, uh, it, you got to make you got to believe in the end of the day. Well, let me give you this. Let me back up. Here's my rule about politics to get through all this. You got to be idealistic enough to know why you're doing is worth doing, and ruthless enough to get it done. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you seem pretty tough. <laughs> no, focus. The I, and I saw. I was I had to leave early from the thing, but I was last summer. You were in Aspen at an event for um, Kimball Musk's organization. Oh, was, was yeah. it called the the Kitchen or the Learning yeah. Garden? Yeah. And that all ties, it was fascinating to, I mean, obviously hear their pitch, but then you got up and spoke. Um, and the way that program is, I mean, well, you gave them we have think, a, we a, wait a, for a tremendous zero. head start there in Chicago. Yeah, we have now a hundred. hundred schools. hundred schools with learning gardens that have not only fresh fruits and vegetables, but math and science associated with it, elementary schools, and we're going to add another hundred. Let me go, I forgot to leave this off of the prior question. Uh, since we've done the additional time, additional focus on principles, our eighth graders led the country in math gains for urban systems. Our fourth graders led uh, were number three in urban schools in reading gains. We're one of only three school districts in the United States whose fourth and eighth graders math and science both went up. So when you end up taking a lot of heat for a full day kindergarten, a lot of heat for a full school day and a full school year, no more uh, shortest. And you then and you make a lot of changes that reward principals who are ready to make reform yeah. and make the changes accountability in there. And you get those type of gains. Where our graduation rate is growing three times, rather, it's growing sixteen points by a full third under my tenure. 
in the in the strike match the United States in kids going from high school to college. That's great. And the in the strike in front of your house was two years ago. You said no, twenty twelve. It was in my first term. So four years ago. Yeah, but it was four years ago. And it was a seven. And how are the teachers now? I think we're getting. We have a. We got a good contract. I mean, they have to see the, the the stats. You just listen. We have great. Here's where I think the national debates all upside down. There are three things that matter. I don't care where Lance Armstrong, Rahm Emanuel went to school or anybody, okay? The front door of the home is the most important door for a kid's education. That's where you learn the value of an education. You need a parent involved. You need a teacher who uh, uh, excites and a principal willing to be accountable. You put those three things together, okay? Mm -hmm. And if there's not a parent... There's more onus on the teacher and the principal. If they're not a good principal or an involved parent, you only have a teacher and the teacher can't do it alone. And so my thing is, there's been a whole 20-year debate all about teachers. Okay, well, what about parents? I know, I don't, I can't speak for you. I know what I've done with my children and I know what it's meant for them in school. Mm -hmm. And I've seen firsthand as a mayor that if you put a good principal school, I've seen them flip that school from bad to good. So I think we should have a, total debate about quality and i think that's the uh it's yeah the teachers and i we just got through in negotiations had a good contract that was fair to the taxpayers fair to the kids and fair to teachers um and to me um while we battle about certain things when you really are talking about education you got to put all the three key components on the table and hold them all accountable for results your kids good good grades yeah straight a's uh, they did better than me well I know that's not a What was it? I read a quote from your father. I want to talk about your family. They do do, let me say, I am, first of all, I have a wonderful wife who through all the public life keeps our kids morally and character-wise centered. Right. They're all doing exceptionally well academically and they're unbelievably well-grounded with no issues. Yeah. Yeah. Knock 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 on on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Well-grounded kids. Well, your father said, and your father sounded like a fascinating guy, but your father was a quote, because you, you come from this crazy family. I, I, I want to, I just want, I, I want to believe that there's, there's one of those ki- one of your siblings is just a total loser. I wish you would just tell me that, but everything that I can see. Zeke. <laughs> Zeke is. <laughs> Zeke's the so, doctor. So the Zeke, the Harvard educated, you know, yeah. scientist Amherst, who, Oxford, who ran, who's, yeah. who's, you know, now Rose runs Scott. some big thing at UPenn and ran yeah. the NIH. He's, he's, he's not, a, he's not a loser. I will, I will tell you what, you want a funny joke? But I want to, uh, let me oh, just first, okay. this story, your dad said, yeah. of the three brothers, your dad said about you, you know this, that Rom can get, what did he say? Rom can get the, the, the most out of the least or something. He, he says, he used to say uh, uh, the maximum out of the, uh, out of the minimum. Right. That's it. That was my, mo- my, uh, my entire outlook on life was how to get the most out of doing the least, the least, least effort for the greatest uh, yeah. bang. And it's ironic. So one day we we're having a debate about uh, the budget and I was organizing it. And my rule with everybody is, we measure depending on what our what we want to get done, what we want to do with the budget. Yeah. One of my principles is, what's the pain to pleasure? How much pain am I willing to take to how much pleasure? It's like how much effort is this going to take to get done and make this change, and is it worth doing? And you kind of met, and so it's a version of my dad's. I uh, I try to do the minimal minimal amount to get the maximum benefit. Right. To the and state. I and I constantly calculating that. Yeah. Yeah, so you have these brothers, and, and again, most people know your story, right? You, you're, 
you, what I just said, worked for two presidents closely. Now the mayor and was in Congress. Your brother, one brother is like this mad scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other brother is arguably the most powerful man in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's, it is a, and had a character in entourage, you know, I, that is the joke we uh, said. So there was, but Ari, had, Ari had this character entourage. I had a, uh, um, on, on West Wing. On West Wing. Yeah. But then the the writer or the director denied that it was it was it was modeled after you. I we, I had a TZ. You haven't done squat for mom and dad since you know. There's not a single TV show that's based on you. So me. So you do, no, I said no. that we said that Ari and I would say oh, to Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, and your 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 brother Ari is known for being a. I think you're all tough guys. But he's known for being an extremely tough guy. We're very focused on results. So he, I, I, this is a this is a funny story. I've never told this story, but we were on a phone call a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. My world was obviously, as you and everybody listening knows, went you know changed a lot. Right. And so there was there was for a minute I was talking to William Morris and talking about a book and some other projects, and they said, "Well, Ari wants to have a call." I said, "Okay." So I get on the phone with your brother, mm-hmm. and did he you says, get a word in that choice? Well. Not really, but okay. but this is more about what he said to me. So he says, he says, you know what, Lance? You know the biggest problem here? Everybody thinks you're an asshole. <laughs> and here, you know, let's just be honest. A lot of people think your brother is an asshole. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, Ari. Including family members. <laughs> I said, you, you're telling me that? Uh-huh. I mean, of all people, you can't uh-huh. say that. <laughs> Did he say it? He was, he was, he had like, you know, it's one of these, you know, yeah, he, Ari has three and a half minutes for this phone call. He's, he's a busy dude. Yeah. But it never, it never went anywhere. The good thing is his three boys keep him grounded and his two brothers keep him grounded. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's a sister. Yeah. Who's also not a loser. No, it's it. Everybody's, everybody's doing well. Everybody's doing well. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, you must get asked a lot. To compare President Clinton and President Obama, or maybe maybe you don't. I'm curious because you were so close to those guys, and and I mean, what a ride that you know both of those would have been. Uh, they're totally. Uh, first of all, a lot of things you have to remember. They're they serve at different times. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, President Clinton's coming at the end of a pretty 198. He gets elected in 92, so it's a 12 year run. And outside of Carter, you'd have to almost go back to 68. So it's a 30-year, 25-year run of straight Republican presidents, but one four-year term that's not uh, noted for its success, although I don't think that's fair to Carter. And so he's coming at the back of that era. Um, um, and and I think it's uh, and it also an era where people's views of government, based on what Ronald Reagan did, uh, where people had a lot of cynicism. They still do, obviously, but it was intense, mm. where Ronald Reagan basically had a 12-year run with Bush where government was seen as a problem. And how to, if you're a progressive, which Clinton was, you can't have a negative view of government if you want to do uh, a progressive affirmative thing right. with government as an as a, uh, instigator behind him. Uh, he was one of the greatest policy political talents yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. There's not a time I walked into the Oval Office and I didn't walk out learning something. And his, everybody's always a great speaker, but he could speak in a church, in a boardroom, yep. and never lose translation in neither <laughs> one of those. And also, his mind was always going at multiple levels between politics, policy, and public communication. Yep. And he knew how to integrate them in an unbelievable level. Um, 
Well, uh, President Obama obviously comes at the end of George Bush's two years, but it's in a, a way where people are starting to think different, look different. Um, I think history is still writing on him, but there's no doubt. Uh, I don't mean this. It's going to come off silver. You look at his first two years, which also happened to be when I was chief of staff, but he had a Democratic House and Senate, which is also instrumental, a vice president who came from the Senate himself. And when we look at what, myself from the House, it is one of the most progressive uh, bursts of progressive energy. Um, and he had a uh, he had a discipline that's unparalleled, in my view, <laughs> unparalleled. Uh, where if I would say, kind of in short order, President uh, Clinton had incredible political talents, and I say that in deep admiration of politics. Not everybody goes out oh, politics. As I said, you have to know why you're. You have to be idealistic enough to know why you're doing what you're doing, and ruthless enough to get it done. Yeah, uh, and that's true for both of them. Uh, but um, we're President Obama had an incredible uh, discipline, yep. intellectual, personal discipline that the people see as cold but it, and distant, but it's pure focus. Right. Well, I think uh, he's, almost, it seems like he's warmed up. I mean, he, he's... He, well, you know what I'm saying. Those people always yeah. call him as distant. He didn't have, you know... I mean, one, the other thing is Clinton, this is not fair, love the game of politics. Right. Uh, I think President Obama uh, loved it more than he let on also. Yeah. But that said, they have different qualities. We're at different moments in history um, and different uh, pinpoints. And so, yeah. therefore, um, both, in my view, served at a time that's respective that, will, that yeah. is someone influential on their own presence. And who's a better golfer? Okay, ready? I have never golfed in my life. I'm 57, so I'm going the whole distance. I was okay? going to say, don't start. You, I can't, don't, you can't start. Not only... Don't start. I have no desire. Okay. And be I if if I have one of those type of mental sports. Yeah. I love fly fishing, so I have no idea okay. who is a better golfer. So you don't know. And, I, and guess and what? You, yeah. Don't give a rats. Yes. And so then I, you I'm, don't know which one. Not, you don't know which one cheats more. I do. Clinton, Clinton <laughs> cheats more. I didn't say that, but I, I it's, with self. I played. With, I played golf with him. Oh, and yeah. No, he he. It's amazing, like you know, everybody. You don't play golf, but I'll make this brief. But you know, everybody knows what ball they're playing. It might have a logo on it. Yeah. You know, it's a Titleist three. Oh. I mean, you could hit it over somewhere, and it's and it's sitting in a good place. And it's it's it could my, the ball could say Lance, President Clinton. And this is not a knock on him. This is funny. He would walk over and go, "Here's my ball." He can you say, "No, Mr. President, it's, it's got my name." He says, "No, no, no, no. This is my ball." See, all of you guys, <laughs> see this. You could not make and, it. You couldn't make it as a staff person. You know how many times I walked in the Oval Office to tell the truth that they didn't want to hear and get my head handed to me either way? You guys are, everybody says, oh, geez. So just tell them that's your ball and that's not a cut. I have to walk in the Oval and, you know, here it is. And you guys can't stand up for this is my ball and that's what you get scared. Well, I mean, I'm, I don't know. You ready? See this? Yeah. There's a tear for you. I'm not like interested in that, okay? I have no empathy for any. You guys. Nobody will stand up on a golf ball. It, being chief of staff, senior advisor, you got to go in there knowing full well what yeah. you're about to tell them is going to not only ruin their day and their night, Yeah. never let them look at you again the right way. Yeah. And you have to do that every day, Yeah. multiple times a day. And yeah. I have the courage to do it. So guess what? If it's your ball, no, just but you're, say it's your ball. Well, okay? but, you know, it's, it's... You're a wuss. You and thousands of other people. Not impressed. You know what? 
Not and impressed. It, and you are officially the second person that has been on this podcast that looked me in the face mm. and said you're a wuss. The first person yeah. was last week, and that was Bo Jackson. And <laughs> I we love were, Bo Jackson. You, you should listen to this podcast. He, <laughs> he was amazing. I'm but we I'm were not, talking. I'm not impressed if you guys can't. I've heard this so many times. I was like, just tell him it's yours. Well, we were talking about raising kids, and, and you know, he had a, he took a real hard line with his kids. About super, what? just disciplined. You know, if they left stuff out or if they, oh. you know, they had to be. And so I said, I, you know, I said, I don't think, you know, that kind of punishment. I couldn't, I couldn't do, do that. I can't do that. And he says, you know why? Because you're a wuss. So, you know, here's my thing. All right, so let's talk serious. Of two parents, you have different. Age. I make a, I make a goal. Mm-hmm. Now Zach's off to college, so it's harder. But with my girls, was tell them twice a day. No matter what, I love them. Yep. I think it's really important for kids to know you love them. Yeah. Because they got enough going on, especially teenage kids. Yeah. They got to know that they got to say. Do they say I love you too? Uh, teenage yeah. girls. Yeah, they do. Mine, mine I'm, say still, I'm still I'm still cool. Well, last night I took my uh, uh baby, my baby, 16, to the Joffrey Ballet, to the new Nutcracker that Christopher did. It was fabulous. She's a dancer. I used to be a dancer. Fabulous production by Joffrey. <laughs> oh, totally new, but uh, I tell him twice a day. Daddy loves you. I love you. Yeah, with all, my, and then I say with all my heart. Speaking of family, this I found this fascinating that every year at the holidays you guys take a trip. Yep, that's and every year it's a different place. We've done twelve years. It's yes, in we've twelve done, different places. We've gone Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, Indonesia, Uganda, Zambia, Kenya, Israel. Jordan, Brazil, Chile, Argentina, India, Cuba, Cuba, big. We see we get stuck in this rut. We go that we always go to the same places. Where you go? We go. To, I mean, we go this Christmas. We're going to Hawaii, but we go to no, Hawaii no. or Colorado. I mean, it's. I it's, want my kids to explore the world. I agree. I'm, ju- I'm super. Into and this. here's the thing: we started when they were so young. We had to. We should have been. Um, and what we were doing out the camping trips and all this, we in Argentina in the middle of nowhere. I'm not. I'm surprised the state agencies on parent abuse didn't take us. I mean, we had a five year old out off in the Patagonia region, night camping in a thunderstorm. I mean, and our tents were blowing away. I mean, and the thing is though, they're incredible travelers, mm. incredibly open to other societies and their cultures, and uh, they look forward to uh, this time as just us. We're Mom and dad or mom and dad yeah. without anything else pulling on us. Yeah. And it's a great, great family time. But we take them all over the world. And they don't resist. They must have resisted when they start to be. No. You know. Actually, the cool thing, we have a tradition. So we do this with one other family. Um, and uh, they have a daughter who's just a year older than Zach, who's 19. So mm-hmm. she's about to graduate. And they're like, Allie is uh, the older sister to my two girls and very close in age to Zach. So it's very knit. We all travel well together. In the last two days. Of, the, of this trip, we will begin to discuss next year's trip where we want to go hmm. as a family. So. I think it's a cool idea. I mean, I'd, I read it and I was like, God, why do we always go to the same place? Have you ever raised the issue? You can't switch it now. You're in. How many years? A decade? Ten? Well, oh. my my son's seventeen. I mean, we yeah, long long time. Yeah, they would look at me like they'd be like, No, we're not doing that. Yeah, we don't want to copy the manuals. Screw them. That's what they would. Say. I'm going to bring it. I'll bring it up. Okay. I'll bring it up. Shit, Can I don't know. Up? It might surprise me. Yeah. They might they surprise, surprise me. Um, oh, I, the other thing I would do. Yeah. Uh, you don't need my advice. I took uh, last I, I year. I need a lot of advice. No. Last year, Alana and I, she's 18 now, we did uh, the Hague to Bruges on back roads biking. 
bike trip. Just really? her and I, nobody else from the family. And then Leah and I did um, uh, for her bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah uh, just her and I for 10 days in Israel together. Wow, you and know, so I, I'm big into uh, father daughter right. trips. Yeah, I agree with that. I we, we I so get a lot time with that. I get a little of that. I do get a little of that, even if it's a, a dinner date or mm-hmm. going to a movie or just just some alone time with mm-hmm. them. I just I just spent eight days in Israel. I'd never been really. Yes, where'd you I, go? We went everywhere, uh-huh. and, I, and I've small off country. You can go everywhere, and we went with a group from Aspen. Oh, cool. um, I went with a guy named Martin Franklin and another guy named Todd DeBuff. And I'd always, these are guys I know from Aspen that ride, I ride with them and, and the good friends, but I'd always wanted to go. And so I told Martin, who has a place there, I said, Any night, next time you go, just let me know. I'd love to go. So we took a group over there. We flew to Tel Aviv. We toured the entire country. We went up north to the Golan Heights. We went... Obviously, we went to Jerusalem. We flew over the West Bank. We went down south in the Ramon, Ramon Crater. Mm-hmm. We ate. I mean, the, I'll tell you what. The biggest the take. The biggest takeaway for anybody listening, and I've, and I've probably said this a hundred times on this podcast. You, you can think about all of these significant sites which people talk about and write about, and there's books, you know, and the pictures. The food in Israel. Yeah. I mean, if you're a food foodie or food fan, just go for the food. The Tel Aviv is a. I mean, I'm. Let me say that Chicago, because we now have the James Beard Foundation there, is a culinary capital of America. Tel Aviv is a competitor in the world scene. Let me tell you. It's on. Did you go to Monterey uh, between Jaffa and Tel Aviv on the beach? No. Okay. You sure? Yes. Because we never ate on the beach. Really? Okay. We went to another really wild place in Tel Aviv where they like, it turns into a club at night. He's like the the most famous chef and it's open two, two nights a week. And people are dancing on tables. That shit was crazy. But the food is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Tel Aviv has more energy. I mean, I tell it, people it's the night the people's zest for life in that country. Yeah. You know, they have a saying. Yeah. In Tel Aviv they party. In Haifa they work. And in Jerusalem they pray. And that's the story of Israel. Yeah. I mean, Tel Aviv felt like Miami Beach. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of grief for going. Why? Um I don't know. I mean, I, people, you know, I did some stuff. Anti-Israel people. Yeah. Well, I, I, Israel, yeah. Sure. I did some stuff in and around. I went to some of the bases and was seen there. Photos were out. And, and man, I got bombarded with this. Well, I think, you know, it's got its own challenges as a country, but it's still a democratically elected country with, uh, I still think, with a great uh, spirit, intellectual and cultural uh, contribution yeah. to the human uh we went to the, the, the museum there in, in, in Jerusalem, the... Uh, Yad Vashem? Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was heavy. You go to the new one and the old one? We went to the new one, the beautiful building right. With, right. that yeah. ends up with the view over Jerusalem. It was... it was It's powerful. Wow. Yeah. And my, my, my better half went with us, and she was... She, you know, we had to mop her out afterwards. I mean, it was it was tough to... No, it's, it's very tough on the human soul. God. There's, uh, if you're interested, mm-hmm. um, there's a great book called The Loss, Six to Six Million. Um, I've read, I'm like a history buff about World War II, but also about the Holocaust. And it's a story of telling the story of how he uncovers what happened to six of his relatives in the mm-hmm. Holocaust. So it's The Loss, Six to Six Million. And it's done by this uh, literary biblical critic interspersed with quotes from Proust and the Bible. It's really fabulous. Wow. He tells the story of how he uncovers the story of what happened to his six relatives. Yeah. And it's his journey huh. around the world. I'd like that. I'd like to read that. 
Um, obviously, uh, completely changing subjects, but obviously, this election, this presidential election, is not. And I'm, I'm, I try to stay apolitical. Obviously, I voted and I voted for somebody, but I, I try to never say. But I try to stay apolitical. But this is, this, I don't. I stay very political. Right, you're very. Uh, yeah, you're on one side, but it, obviously, it turned out way different than you would have thought. Everybody or, thought different, yeah. yeah, including the Trump campaign. Yeah, they didn't think they were going to win. They were telling people they were going to lose. Nobody saw this coming. Huh? Does, I don't think he knew until eight forty-five that night, Tuesday. Nobody saw it. They were telling press they were going to lose. And you just met with him. Yes. In New York City, at the at the Trump the 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 yeah. white the White House of New York City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Did, talked to him about you know. You talked to him about the the. I talked uh, to him about a number. We had a phone call. The deferred. I wonder y'all run no. the DACA. The defer, DACA. deferred. Yeah, deferred action for childhood arrivals. These are kids whose parents came here. Yep. Born here, you know, here, and they have no problems in their background, nothing, and they're going to college. Want to go serve the army and. They came forward at the request of the United States government, gave their name, address, phone number, et cetera, all the data that's essential, and they're studying. And my, I had 14, multiple, I think 14, 15 mayors signed the letter, all in support of DACA students. I know Senator Durbin and Senator Graham, Lizzie, Republican South Carolina, got to do something. Legislation, my view is, and I said to the president-elect, these are kids that represent the American dream in its greatest aspiration. Mm. And I also think, and I say this as a, A, believing that, and B, as a Jew, I don't think the go- any, any government agency should be asking people for basic fundamental information and then use it to turn against them and to deal with them from a criminal side, mm. justice side. I think it's absolutely fundamentally wrong. That said, we also talked about our Chicago Star Scholarship, that if you get a B average, high school is free. And, uh, if you get a B average in high school, community college is free, only city to do it talked about reforms in education, then I talked to him about we're doing major expansion of our infrastructure, public transportation, probably the biggest in the United States, uh, and our aviation system. And I talked about two different accounts in the city in, uh, about that you could do to try to achieve his goal of public-private uh, investment. Mm. And then we just, and then we talked about... Then you about, split. No, we talked about other things, but we also talked about... But anyway, but, you know, it was a, I felt I've been with two presidents, so it's not... I mean, I know how to... Right. Talk to but president. you never thought you would be with that president? No. I thought I'd be with another president. But yeah. We all were. I thought, and I've talked about this the other day in Washington at the Brookings Institute. I think it is it is the right thing to have a socially inclusive uh, policy, but not at the exclusion of an economic uh, agenda. Yeah. Um, would uh, uh, you think Bernie Sanders could have beat him? Anyway, it'd just be conjecture. Who knows? Joe Biden? Just conjecture. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I see. Here's my thing. Okay, look. In '92, Bill Clinton won on a middle class first message. By '96, when the economy was uh, going better, he's running against Bob Dole. He wrote, ran on a building a bridge to the 21st century that we all can get to. Hmm. And the economy was good enough that it was a not, you know people were participating in that bridge. Lose in 2000, lose in 04, win in 08, Obama runs on hope, and that President Bush had made uh, both here at home and abroad a mess of things. By 12, Obama's running against um, 
President Obama's running against uh, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney mm-hmm. runs against him as a plutocrat from Bain Capital who was willing to let the auto industry and the jobs fail, and this president was not ready to let mm-hmm. Mid-America fail. We lose in 2000, 2004, 2016. We win in 1992, 96, 12, and uh, 8, 2008. What were the things that worked when we were winning and what were the things that didn't work when we were losing? And it's very straightforward. In the ones we won, we had a singular message, about message, not policy, about the economy with also other policies related to social inclusion of opening mm-hmm. up uh, the circle of democracy to include people that used to be excluded, but not the exclusion of economics. When we lost, we did not have a clarity of economic uh, drive. Yeah. And I think that the lesson of winning and losing is what's the constant theme of the wins and what's the constant theme of the losses. Yeah. It's, that's straightforward. I mean, it's not more complicated. Yeah. I want to I read an email because <clears throat> I'm – Again, not to bring me up again, but my world has mm-hmm. been uh, it's it's been a, a stressful four years and and I've learned a lot about loyalty in mm-hmm. four years. And I as I was researching you and what to talk about, I, I came across this uh, this article about when Podesta's emails were leaked and yeah. and and there was a lady, uh, what's her name? Nira Tandon sends an email to the campaign and about you as they're going to campaign in Illinois or Chicago and, mm-hmm. and ask it, or, you know, my recommendation, she says, my recommendation is to separate. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy, you, who has spent your entire, literally your entire grown life mm-hmm. working for that. I mean, on the team, like mm-hmm. a diehard mm-hmm. teammate mm-hmm. as, as was, you know, and I, when I read this, I thought, you know, the mayor may not want to talk about this, but this is, this is my life. Right. And so I, so what did somebody say? Hmm? What's the email? So this lady, Nira Tandon, she says... Uh, she, she's, she, email, she's emailing you now? No, she oh. emails, it was, right. I guess, oh, to, yeah. to Podesta. says, yeah. I'm sure you guys are all over this for the debate, but just thought I'd send it in. They may, they may be there for the debate. But it, it's this idea that because, uh, you know, you are pulling or whatever that... that, that Here, let me say something to you, okay? I think I get the question. You know, when things first broke mm-hmm. for President Clinton and around all the impeachment. People could have, you know, you don't know this, but I had a job. I was actually, was Amy and I, uh, Zach was already born. Alana was almost about to be born. I was going to go back to Chicago. Hmm. And when everything broke, I told Amy, I said, you know, this is a guy that put me on the, took a, a lark on a kid from Chicago. Yep. And I said, I'm not walking. Right. It would be. Exactly. Okay. Um, now, when I got elected to Congress, I was happy in Congress and leadership, and President Obama asked, you know, my we, Amy and I, our, my work and our family were right where we wanted. But when a president asked, and I will always be loyal and honored, uh, I believe firmly, my staff always says I'm too loyal, so blind. I believe firmly in loyalty, um, and it's part of, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I stand, some people think I stay too long with people, even right. when they have... Uh, right. That uh, could be damaging to me. Same my, to them. That my yeah. view is: look. So she wrote. She that's who she. Is, you know that's what she wrote. Um, it was her advice to them. Um, I will just say, I know how Washington operates, and I know how thick uh, people and loyal people are there, and yeah. not. And right. I'm glad to be in Washington, in Chicago. 
Yeah. I, I just, just reading that, and maybe it was just too personal for me because I, right. it, it, I've seen a lot of that in my life. I've seen. I can't, I can't just throw it away like that. Like that, that fucking pissed me <laughs> off, and, I, and I'm me and not you. But uh, I, let, let me let me say this. I, I don't. I'm not down with that. Okay, I got that. Let me say this, and don't think that I'm cavalier about it. But here's my attitude. I'm the mayor of the city of Chicago, the greatest city in America, in my view. I'm doing things in public life. That she talks about, yeah, yeah, and that's what she does. Yeah, talk well about it. I'm glad you. I mean, you're you're a better man than me because I I would. I, well, don't be so sure. I may be dressing it up. <laughs> I, I'd be. You might be. I'd, I'd be making phone calls, sending texts and emails with a bunch of f bombs yeah. and and okay. yeah. yeah. Don't encourage it. Yeah. Okay. You can tell me what happened afterwards. Okay. How about the DNC? That must have been is it what if what if what if what if you just said, you know, the president asked you to do this and you yeah. you know that I mean what if that organization and that political party just needed you that bad? No. Uh I'm gonna stay doing what I'm doing as mayor. I don't think you can have divided loyalties, meaning on time and intellectual energy. Yep. And I'm very focused on moving uh I want here here's my kind of North Star. Yep. Uh, we have this incredible natural beauty, Lake Michigan, and it really, um, like, a, incredible. And the, when you think about the world, it's one of the largest bodies of fresh water. Well, by the way, for, for the okay. people that are not listening, it looks like an ocean. Okay, it is. Yeah. It looks like that. Two, because of our architecture in downtown, it's also world-class, one, one, one city of a kind, not really ever replicated anywhere. And it all that architecture looks at it symbolizes power, energy, fo- you know, future, optimism. And my goal, uh, and I think Chicago has an incredible future. And it's you know it's leading in elementary schools. It's rated the best park system in the United States, the best library system in the United States. It's three years in a row the number one city for corporate mm-hmm. relocations. Uh, number one city four years in a row for direct foreign investment. Largest drop in poverty. In the United States, of the Big Ten cities, Time Out Magazine just called it the best city to live in. But if you go around the neighborhoods, back of the yards, Woodlawn, Uptown, Wildwood, Roseland, Humble Park, Belmont Cragen, Englewood, I want every child when they or adolescent when they walk out of school and they can see downtown. They see this incredible power, this energy, this optimism. If they think that embraces them, nothing can stop my city, nothing, yeah. our yeah. city. Yeah. If they don't think it's embraces them, that's a separate city, whether it's a mile away or 12 miles away, mm-hmm. but it's a totally different world from them, then we will never be what we can be. Yeah. And to me, my entire focus as mayor is to make sure there's no uh, physical, mental, geographic divide yep and that we're moving forward as one city and we got a lot of effort work to do ahead of us speaking of rankings okay. um bicycling magazine <laughs> n- named it's the biggest you know it's on every newsstand you go to yeah. an airport a 7-eleven or it's yeah. on air it, it's the biggest but bicycling magazine named chicago america's best bike city yes which i didn't know that and this is but this is this to me is just so killer so under your leadership, the city has added 108 miles, which for those of you listening who don't write, that's a lot of miles, 108 miles of protected bike lanes. Yeah. So that's not like painting, a, like that's a, 
Yeah. That's, a, that's as safe as you can get, bringing the total in the city to 292 miles of protected bike lanes. Yeah. The best bike city in America. It's the uh, six months. It must be six months well, here. But uh, it was in the summer. We did not, they gave us that award and recognition. It's also, uh, I think, when I became mayor, we were tenth. And I said we're going to set a goal. We're going to get to it. <laughs> and the other thing is, first, it's accrued public health. I think our people uh, biking to work has doubled in the yep. city of Chicago, and uh, uh, we also have the largest uh, bike sharing program in the United States, and even two suburbs okay, now. Yeah, so it's an integrated approach, and we open. In the Midwest, the largest uh, dirt biking, uh, 45 acres on the south side of the city of Chicago. So it's not just, so there's a whole integrated approach and we had a discount for the poor communities to be part of the bike sharing Correct. program. Our bike lanes go into the south side, west side, other areas that don't usually get those benefits. And uh, it's dramatically improving also, guess what? Recruitment of the tech companies and tech industry because yeah. it's a quality of life that... Right. Uh, millennials in the tech industry specifically want. And so I saw it as an economic engine as well as a quality. And if you're going to, I, you know, my view is you can, I take public transportation to work twice a week. We now have bus, train, bike, car, walk. And you can have the option and that option's key to a, a you know, a, a city yeah. with vitality. Yeah, yeah. But it is number one bike city in America, number one park district in the park system in America number one neighborhood library system and number one uh, school system. Hmm. Did you know, you know, you know, SRAM, the, yeah. the component, so they're based, founded and based in, they're not, in they're in big uh, supporters of that uh, mountain bike, the dirt biking system we have, yeah. and they're big supporters of our bike system. So I send, um, all right. So I buy myself one for my midlife crisis, a parlay. Okay. I read okay. that. I read okay. that. I don't know if you still have it. But. Yeah, still have it. Great. So uh, I ship it to uh, Chicago, and I ship it to uh, SRAM yep. to have them assemble the bike. They have it in their facility, and they assemble my bike for me. And that's how I got to know them. And then we started talking about it. It was with them that I, the two brothers that I said, we're going to. Stan Day and FK yeah. Day. I said, we're going awesome to be number one. Yeah. I said, let's go that's together. I, I, that's where it came from. I love those guys. Yes. I love those guys. You don't, I, I didn't actually, I don't know how I didn't know this, but what? I didn't realize that you had done, I grew up, so the, well, the first sport I ever really you didn't did. You know what I did, what? Triathlons. Yeah. So the first sport that I ever did professionally was triathlons. Really? Yeah. And then I went to cycling and then I went back to triathlons. Um, but I didn't know that you had done numerous triathlons and you were the, you, there were the top 10 in your age group at some thing. And <laughs> yeah. I did, uh, this is also another attempt to push back midlife crisis. Okay. Okay. Uh, I swim three times a week in the morning, three times a week, a mile in the morning. Yep. I've been doing it for 30 some odd years. Uh, love biking and I'm an okay runner. Yeah. So I've done four or five, uh, triathlons. And but no tries in 2016, from what I no. gather. No. What happened? Uh, I had, um, so I remember I told you I was fishing. I love fish, fly fishing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, your city, you're not your city, but Aspen. Yep. Speaking, I'm coming out of a, I wouldn't call it a gorge, but I'm climbing out of a, a, a little protected area. Yeah. A bank. I get, right. And I, while I'm climbing and holding my pole, I slip and I smack my rib. And I had a tear in my rib on my right side. Oh, so you actually have a real excuse. Yeah, I was, and I, I kept, and it would have been smart. You probably are, I, not probably, I would, I'll assert you are the same, which is rather than let it heal, 
you like genius think you're going to exercise your way through yeah. the pain. Right. That's right. what I did. Yeah. So it took what could have been maybe two weeks and extended it. Yeah. Not, not right. I huh. did it in, in. Were you speaking at the Aspen Institute? Or I was actually out you're there probably, probably speaking, been there. but also more importantly, I was uh, raising resources so we can expand another hundred schools with learning gardens. Great. Well, that's Crazy. probably the event I, I ran yeah. into you at. Um, any ambition to do an Ironman? No. <laughs> Half Ironman? No. So you do the, you know, when I, when I was growing, when I, when I was 15, 16, I was. So what's your, obviously biking's your best, but when you were first doing it before you found out that you were a great biker. I was, I was a swimmer. Swimmer. Because so, I was, a, I was a competitive age group swimmer when I was 12, 13, 14, and then went to tries and obviously had to get a bike and right. I ran track and cross country in, in school. So I had the two. Uh, on the end figured out and then I had to get this bike and then I quickly realized that this a it, it was the one that I loved the most and ended up being the one that I was the best at but um no I'm a swimmer biker run is is, is swimming is my uh killer time this is also what's great so I do the try in Chicago it's a big amateur it's like 6,800 people huge so, okay uh the nice thing they do for me is I'm in a group it's the first on the sprint so they let us kind of go, and they kind of, I mean, there's like only about, I think they call it the professionals or whatever, but it's like 70 people, so it's not the normal 120. Right, the mass so, start swim. Right. So I don't get, I don't people. usually get a foot in my face, arm throwing right. me underwater. So Goggles it's, knocked right. off. So um, it's a human way to do it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I when I was a kid, I did the, the Sun Times used to, I don't know if they still yeah. do. They had two huge triathlons in Chicago. They had the Bud Light series yeah. and they had the, Sun, uh, the uh, Chicago Sun Times, Chicago Triathlon. And they were even, this is, God, this, I'm showing my age, but this was, uh, this was almost 30 years, it's 30 years ago. I think Accenture does it, it now. They had 5,000 people back then, so. Yeah. It's 6,800, 7,200 people. Yeah. No, it's the largest freshwater uh, try, uh, amateur try. Yeah, can you surf on Lake Michigan? On uh, not you. I understand what you meant, but do uh, people do but, people? Uh, every uh, summer, there's a day in which it's really windy. You can, but it's not like a you're not coming to Chicago to surf. Got it. Well, because um, yeah, but it is an incredible in the city right there at the heart of the city. Yeah, is 18 miles of uh, great beaches. Yeah. So let's let's wrap up because okay. we got to run to this thing, but. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you I get I get a lot of grief from my mom for cussing on this show. Notice I did, and you you didn't. I haven't, but, but I, I you haven't, and which, I don't, and I have. You never can find anything on TV, the House floor, or as mayor, where I've ever done that. Right, but it's well documented. That is correct. That, that I don't just I don't dispute that. That the f bomb is is a is a is a common word. <laughs> yeah, it's very expressive. So. <laughs> So here, I here's a, I have a T-shirt with 25 different ways you can use it. And I right. don't wear it outside. Yeah, as you know. I need to know where you got that. But so <laughs> so this this I read I read this quote that President Obama at the correspondence dinner said about you. No, not that one. I'm getting to that next. Mm -hmm. That about you that Mother's Day is the toughest day of the year for you because you're not mm -hmm. used to saying day after mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, my mom, she's going to love you. She, no F-bomb. She gets really mad when I say bad words. Well, you know, I would just like to, there's plenty of actual research that people that swear have a better mental health because they don't hold it in. Hmm. 
So I just like you to know there is some mental health benefit, and I'm trying to dress right. no, up. No, mom's I'm listening. Try, She's listening. I'm trying to dress up a very bad habit. And then everybody, or not everybody, but I'm sure a lot of people know that you lost a finger. You were working as when you were young. You meat. worked at Arby's. Yeah, meat cutting. Yeah. And you nicked it on the meat cutter, and then you went deep s- right through the bone. Okay, but it, it, it didn't cut it off. No, held, held by a thread. And then you went swimming in Lake Michigan. It somehow All wrapped up. Yep, got infected, Wait. and they had to. Obviously, I, mean, I, can see, I can see it. Right. People at home can't see it, but they had to cut it off at the middle knuckle. Yeah. Them, but I had bad infections. Yeah. Wow. And the, and the other the other quote yeah. that uh, President Obama said about the finger yeah. is that it has left you virtually mute. <laughs> well, it was another right, but um, <laughs> let me say this. Go ahead. There are times where. You need to express yourself and to get people to listen. And yeah. sometimes you can just tell your mother swearing is the only way to kind of wake them up to make sure they hear the rest of what you got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My wife does not like it. No. No. no I, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Rombo, thank you very much. Thank it's you, a Great hour. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please, God knows I need suggestions, um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever, let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. The forward podcast at we do w-e-d-u sport singular dot com the forward podcast at we do sport dot com 